When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, Enter the Cat Cave to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as a part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network and powered by the Fans First Sports Network, where you can find shows like Embrace, Debate, and Inside the Vault. Got a special guest with us this week. He has been a guest on some of Michael Davis's podcast. Shannon Smith is here with us to talk all things Carolina Panthers post-week four. Uh, Shannon, how's it going, bud? Appreciate you being on the show with us this week. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This is going real good, man. Just enjoying the football. Um, glad it's back in session. It's going great, man. Yeah, I uh, I think we're enjoying football in general probably more than most Carolina fans are enjoying football right now, unfortunately. Um, so let's get right into it. The Carolina Panthers, if you've been living under a rock, uh, fall uh, at home to the Vikings this past week. Uh Shannon, what's your first reaction to to watching this game? I mean, the Panthers had a thirteen to seven lead at halftime. They were driving uh, again, go in the third quarter, and a sack fumble leads to you know a lead taken by the Vikings that they never gave up. What's your what's your initial reaction to watching this game? It was a surprise to me. I saw Carolina win in this game. Um, Minnesota is a wild card squad to me. Kirk Cousins reminds me of Rex Grossman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you remember Rex Grossman. There were games where Rex Grossman did really, really great. And then there were games where Rex, Rex Grossman grow out, would go out and he'd be horrible. So Kirk Cousins reminds me a little bit of Rex Grossman. 
And he had shades of a not-so-great game in the first half. So I was like, Carolina, I think they'll get this. I think they will. That pick six was big, and I called it the user pick when I put it on Facebook. I said, that was a user pick. That that was 99 yards, and that set the tone for the first half. But then the second half, they just came out flat, and Minnesota was able to cash in, you know, especially in the corners when Kirk Cousins, when Kirk Cousins was throwing the ball. You know, of course, when you got somebody like Justin Jefferson, you know, who is a big-time receiver, big-game receiver, and he knew when to expose the spots of the secondary, and Minnesota came away with the win. Wasn't happy about it, didn't like it, but, you know, when you don't close games out, that's what happens. No, I'm right there with you, and let's let's go to the offensive side of the ball here. You mentioned that well, the tone was set by the defense uh, early in this game, that that 99-yard that interception return by by – Sam Franklin in the first quarter sort of set the tone that like this might be a defensive battle or maybe that that the Vikings don't have much of a defense. So our defense, is, the Panthers defense is going to have to step up and and sort of put some stuff together. But I, I think it's more of the same since since we've seen Bryce Young's debut this season. Obviously, last week with Andy Dalton playing the offense, I felt like got to got to work a little bit better and, and function a little bit better under a guy who's been in the league for quite some time. Uh, Bryce Young, I believe, 204 yards is his career high so far. Uh, 25 of 32 passing, no touchdowns, no turn. Well, no turnovers outside of the sack fumble that he suffered. Uh, but he was sacked five times in this game, including that sack fumble. Uh, and and if, you've, if, if, if I'm nothing, I'm a homer, uh, which I've made very clear on this and all of my shows, uh, former Gamecock DJ Wanham took that to the house uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I still think the concern here on offense is the fact that they can't get anything going on the ground. Chuba Hubbard led rushing this game with 14 carries, 41 yards, 2.9 yards a tote. I believe Miles Sanders had one fewer carry, but I believe he was only 1.9 yards per carry in this game. And then obviously you've got the 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 general leader that's you know the the consistent leader receiving the ball uh, so far since week two in Adam Thielen. Um, you know, five for 14 on third downs, still not getting it done. Six penalties in this game for 80 yards. Six penalties is on the low end, but 80 yards is a lot of yards to give up for free. And the crazy thing is they won the time of possession by almost 17 minutes in this game. But having time of possession obviously doesn't doesn't account for, for losing the game. You know, what, what did you see from the offense? I know you said in the second half they fell flat. To me, I just don't think they're allowing – I don't know if it's the offensive line or if it's lack of vision, but Bryce Young is not stretching the ball down the field. Uh, what's, what's your take on the offense here uh, through week four of the season? You know, I look at it like this. When you talked about uh, Andy Dalton, uh, who played last week, and then Bryce coming back, I don't care if you've played 20 years in the league or two years in the league as a quarterback. If you don't have time to throw the ball, you're going to do absolutely nothing. And that's what I'm seeing here. Bryce Young has not had enough time to throw the ball. Now, he's getting the check downs and everything down, down pat. He learned this uh, offensive playbook when he came in the door. He was learning it. He knew he was installing protections. He's pretty much given this offense and this in his hands. But I don't care who, it, I don't care who your quarterback is. When your line doesn't give you time, it's hard to make plays. Now, when you bought up the fact that he threw for 204 yards, which was his career day, 
there was no touchdowns. One thing about the offense that really got me is that when they got to the red zone, they just couldn't cash it in. And when you get to that red zone, of course that defense is going to be tough. That defense is going to be bringing in everything. But then again, the defense is going to have their head on the swivel because play action can be used. Draw plays can be used. Um, passes in the backfield can be used. The playbook opens up in the red zone. It's going to be very, very hard to stop anything in the red zone if you don't mix it up. And to me, the Panthers just couldn't get it done. There were, there were, there were times they didn't slam the door. When they had the 10-0 lead, there were times where they got to the red zone. There were times where they got past the 50 and couldn't get it into the end zone. That separates good teams from great teams when you're able to go out there and you're able to score it in the red zone, when you're able to score it past the 50. And the Panthers have a ways to go. The running game was something because, you know, there were times where Bryce would make good passes. Thielen, again, had, some, had great catches in the game. But when it was given to the running game, the running game couldn't get it done. 2.9 yards per carry isn't going to get you anything in the league. And it's going to be hard to manufacture points when you can't mix it up because you got to have a variation of run and pass. I don't think the Panthers have found their backfield guy yet. I think they're still looking for him. They found their quarterback. I still have a lot of faith in Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young will be fine. But he's got to have that offensive line has got to have some work. And that running game's got to have some work, definitely. So right now, my concern, first of all, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, we talked about it on the show last week uh, when when Cody uh, when Cody was on the show with us that it doesn't. It, it, quite frankly, it doesn't matter who you have at running back if you don't have a line that's going to be able to block for him. Uh, you're going to have the 2.9 yards of carry, the 1.9 yards per carry. Uh, my concern is the the inability to to finish on defense. Uh, when you when Andy Dalton played uh, in Week Three. Uh, against the Seattle Seahawks, the Panthers scored 27 points. They scored a touchdown late in that game uh, to try to make it at least look closer than it was. Uh, but he was able to put the ball in the end zone, be it getting the ball in the red zone, getting the ball, uh, you know, first, you know, down and goal and letting Miles Sanders be able to punch it in. But in this game, and for, the, for, that, for that matter, the other games that Bryce Young has played, I believe the Panthers have scored uh, 17 points, 10 points and now and now 13 for whatever reason I just don't know why we're not executing the ball with Bryce Young under center I, I that's that's not to say again he's a rookie quarterback even Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions as a rookie I'm not expecting a guy like Bryce Young to come in and set the world on fire but when you look over in Houston and the Texans are a lot better they look a lot more progressed than the Carolina Panthers are when you look at Indianapolis, I, I have been on record to say in, on my show and others that everybody in the front office of the Indianapolis Colts will be without a job in five years because of taking Anthony Richardson with the number number three, number four overall pick. Mm -hmm. But Anthony Richardson was on, on pace to a career day, like a phenomenal day in week two before he went down with a concussion and looked great in, in, in spurts last week. And now it's potentially for him to get Jonathan Taylor back we talk about having a feature back. That offense could look much different come uh, next week and throughout the season in Indianapolis. So I don't, I, I don't know how to put it into words what it is that I'm trying to say other than the fact that the Panthers didn't score an offensive touchdown in this game. And when I go back to looking at the Seahawks game again, the Seahawks gave up 27 points to the Panthers 
and and you could say, well, the Seahawks defense isn't as great as they used to be. And you could also argue that the Seahawks offense or the Seahawks opponent in week four, the New York Giants is having a remarkably uh, unremarkable season. Um, so, uh, but they were able to get 11 sacks on the New York Giants on Monday Night Football in week four. And so, again, I does part of you think that maybe we should let Andy Dalton run this offense for a few weeks and see what we can do? Or do we just need to continue to let Bryce Young get put feet to the fire, take four to five sacks a game? Because I, I was, again, I was a proponent that he needed to play more in the, in the preseason to get acclimated to what this was going to feel like. And Michael Davis was on the show telling me that I was out of my mind. But it's more of the same in the regular season. Is Do you think there's a, there's a time when we look back and we say, you know what, Andy Dalton should be should be playing for a while? And Bryce Young needs to sit back and learn a little more. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. when you talk about playing Bryce Young in the preseason. If he would have got hurt, you would have never heard the end of it. It would have been, why did they play him in the preseason? It's the RG3 effect. Of course. Um, when he was with Washington. And they played him in the playoff game and he got hurt. And then they're looking at his career like, if this wouldn't have happened, what would have became of RG3? So... You can't really say that because I think that's a little unfair to say. But I still think that even though, but you got to look at your future. What would it profit the Panthers playing Andy Dalton, knowing he's not your future guy, knowing he's not going to be there for years to come? Andy Dalton's on the back end of his career. So what would it help the Panthers playing a guy on the back end of his career just for a few wins, but sending out your guy? It's kind of like the effect that my 49ers are having with Trey Lance. You played Trey Lance, he got hurt, and after you have the stuff with Brock Purdy, you deal him away. He didn't get a fair shot. He didn't get a fair chance. It's You, you never know, especially in a quarterback position, because you have so many variables that could become of a quarterback, especially a young quarterback. So I think that you got to scrap the idea of letting Andy Dalton play and getting Bryce Young time to learn. Once again, Peyton Manning was trial by fire. You bought that up. They had no choice but to play Peyton Manning. But yet and still, there were times where Peyton Manning looked lethargic out there, but look how he turned out. But yet again, you also got to look at the physicalities of Peyton Manning as well, too, as a pet compared to a Bryce Young. Peyton Manning's a big, tall, strong quarterback. Bryce Young is, is a smaller quarterback. Um, but but that's neither here nor there. But I still don't think you should throw the baby out with the bathwater with Bryce Young because your team has a different identity with both of these quarterbacks. And what identity do you want to have is what it is. You know, Frank Wright having this squad, He's got to develop an identity. He's got to get that locker room as well, too, which is another thing. In the beginning of the year, the locker room was um, pretty much intact. Mm -hmm. But the Atlanta game came about, and then there we go. We kind of had that downhill effect. Frank Wright's got to grab these guys, let them know, which we'll probably get into later with, with mm -hmm. his comments and things of that nature. But back to Bryce Young. Don't don't scrap that young man yet. Don't 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 do that. I mean, he's gonna have some games where he's gonna look good, but then again, you know, you gotta look at this team. You gotta look at these guys. You gotta look at this team. The quarterback does get the 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 praise and the criticism. I mean, yep. 
with the win and the loss. That's that's the way to be. That's the way of the world. Yeah. Bryce has, hasn't complained. He hasn't complained, or at least he hasn't complained to us. Yeah. We're playing out to the open. He might have complained in that huddle. He might complain in practice. We don't know. But yeah. as far as the public, no. He hasn't complained. You haven't seen him lose his mind um, with his players. Yeah. He still has to go. And I don't think that they should let him go, like let him sit that easily. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. I, I, again, watching what Andy Dalton was able to do in week four, or I'm sorry, in week three, I just, I think there was some merit to it. Uh, sitting, sitting him like Aaron Rodgers sat for a while before uh, he took over from Brett Favre. Uh, you know, Tom Brady took over for an injured, uh, why can't I say his name? Oh my gosh. Drew Bledsoe. Uh, Drew, Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Thank you. Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> so you've got guys who, who were able to sit and learn and, 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 and come in there, but I'm with you. You don't draft a guy number one, you don't start him. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point, four games into the season, we're, we're almost a, a fourth of the way through the season at this point. And, well, we are a fourth of the season, uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't seen the offense click with Bryce Young back there. So it's it's something we're going to have to see moving forward. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Because we talked about the fact, going into the season, that the defense is what the Panthers were going to have to rely on in order to keep them in games. And they did. We already talked about the San Franklin's 99-yard interception return. And an offense that's in a, as electric as the Vikings are, they held Kirk Cousins to just 139 passing yards. Uh, they held leading rusher Alexander Madison to under 100 yards rushing. Um, they got two sacks in on Kirk Cousins. Uh, and then you look at Justin Jefferson. He, he did wind up with two touchdowns in this game. But six catches for 85 yards. Uh, again, talking about the fact that the Panthers didn't score an offensive touchdown in this game, those two touchdowns from Cousins to Jefferson was all they had really on offense. Their their winning touchdown essentially was that fifty one yard fumble return uh, by DJ Wanham with four oh nine left to go in the third quarter that gave the Vikings the lead that they never relinquished. Uh, tell me what you think about what you saw from the defense, despite the fact uh, that they, they they lost this game. The defense, I think, was held on an island. I think they were on an island. The thing about it is with teams that are that have a defensive identity is that most of these defensive these look at the great defenses of the days, you know, the Tampa defense, the Tampa two. Um, you had Chicago's great defense. What I look at with those teams is that they had consistent and timely offenses. And that's what did it. Most of these guys didn't have great quarterbacks. You know, you had Brad Johnson with that Tampa squad, and you had Jim McMahon with that Chicago squad. They were not the highest-ranking quarterbacks by any means. Trent Dilfer with uh, the Ravens defense that won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. as well, too. They were not high-ranking quarterbacks, but they pretty much were told, do not mess up. Mm-hmm. Do not do anything fancy. Do not do anything foolish. Manage the game. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. Bryce Young has to figure out what he is. Is he the game managing quarterback or is he the the superstar type quarterback? What is he? That defense impressed me. That first half, they were lights out. They were all 11 guys at the ball. They were they were hard to manage. Burns was hard to manage in that game. Shaq Thompson. Those guys were playing very, very good. And then, of course, the, the interception, which pretty much, and I saw it, and I was like, man, he ain't going nowhere. And then that wonderful block that they laid on Kirk Cousins when they were, he was running after him, that man should have stopped. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't hurt yourself, though. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
But yeah, you, you live to play another day. You, you live to play another day, man. Don't don't absolutely. don't yeah, try to man. get cute. You got an offense that's relying on you. Let him oh, talk joint to you. Let him talk joint to you for stopping. But I'm sorry, man. But he, you get the license plate of that truck. That was a crash. It it, it was. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's 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 hard to say. I mean, that defense played very well. And, you know, Justin Jefferson's going to get his yards. He's going to get his touchdowns regardless. It doesn't matter what defense he's playing. He's going to get his. He's probably one of the most dynamic receivers in the NFL right now. And I still think, in my opinion, that he has the wrong quarterback. But that that's, that's neither here nor there. But the defense played very, very well. It's just that they were left on an island. Points were left on on the field with the Panthers offense. And that's what I think did them in. It wasn't the fact that they didn't play good. It's just the fact that the offense didn't bail them out. Yeah. I mean, listen, again, we talked about the stats. I mean, Kirk Cousins had 19 pass attempts in this game. Uh, leading rusher uh, Alexander Madison had 17 carries. So between those, those, I mean, what's that? 36 plays run mm-hmm. that were designated for Cousins or Madison. Not, not, not to mention Cam Akers had a few carries in this game, but Kirk Cousins and his offense is electric. And you talk about Justin Jefferson getting his yards. He only had 85 yards in this game. The defense played good enough to win. But like you said, the offense didn't bail them out. If the offense was able to execute, uh, I think the Panthers win this game. And unfortunately... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, considering the fact that the Vikings went into this game without, essentially without a defense, without a defensive identity, uh, right. without any really big defensive playmakers that you've seen this season. Um, the, the concern was that the Panthers didn't have a great offense. The Vikings didn't have a good defense. What are we going to see? And this is what we get, a 21-13 win by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think it's promising. It shows promise considering all of the injuries on this Carolina Panthers defense. The fact that they were able to hold Kirk Cousins to under 200 passing yards, keep the running game under 100 rushing yards, and the, and the star player, Justin Jefferson, to 85 yards, albeit with his two touchdowns. I like the, what I saw out of the defense in this game. Um, and right. if they can continue to, to play up to this level against what, you know, I, we could argue, because I'm with you. I'm not sure if Kirk Cousins is that guy, especially now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, against what are un- otherwise known as pretty elite offenses, if they can hold an elite offense like like the Justin Jefferson-led Minnesota Vikings to 21 points, they're going to be able to keep themselves in games. And we're going to get to their schedule here in a minute. Um, but again, very promising to see what we've seen from the defense. Let's go. Frank Wright had, had some things to say about starting off 0-4 uh, this season on Monday. Um, his quote reads, I believe we are a young team that is developing and growing, even though we're, or even though we are here to win now. We are growing and developing, and that doesn't have to wait a year. We can grow in a season. That's uh, Frank Reich basically saying that, yeah, we're 0-4, but we can still finish strong. I'm not sure if he's insinuating the Panthers make the playoffs or make a play at the division because somehow the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are leading this division and can very well run away with wait, run away with this division at 9-7. and seven. Like, they can run away with this division at 9-7, and seven, which is crazy to me. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the idea that, that Frank Reich thinks that that this team still has promise and there's and there's some potential for 
uh, the Panthers to really, really rebound from an 0-4 start? I don't think he's wrong. The thing that Frank Reich has to, and this is my opinion, this is coming from a man who's never coached professional football in his life. But I can say that developing a mindset is going to be the first thing when it comes down to winning. He's got to get his guys thinking, you know, and it's it's an adverse time, but it's not an adverse time, if that makes sense. 0-4, you know, you don't have a win in the win category. It could take one win. It could take one win to get these guys thinking. It could take one win. Once you start realizing that, you know, you can instill a winning mindset, in a in a ad in a adverse time by getting one win you know it's like that game where the game is within reach one score gets you back into it one win on the in the win column will get you right back into it so it's not out of reach and i think that frank reich is not wrong because this is a young squad that he's got to get going you know teams are developed with drafts you know the this team is a fairly newly drafted team. You're molding these guys together. You have to realize that if you get this mindset going, this team could really do some things out there. They've got to get into that winning mindset. And Frank Wright has to find something in them in order to get them winning. Because if you look at their schedule, the games that they have aren't hard. And once again, you bought up the NFC South could be won by a nine and seven squad. You know, Tampa is rebuilding as well too, or they look like they are. They appeared to be in the beginning. Um, Atlanta was appearing to rebuild. This is a pretty much new NFC South because mm-hmm. you have four new starting quarterbacks on all four teams. Yep. You know, Rip in Atlanta, you know, Bryce Young in Carolina, Baker Mayfield in Tampa, and uh and uh, David Carr. Derek, yeah. Derek Carr, David Carr, why I keep calling him that, but Derek Carr in New Orleans. I mean, who could be easily replaced with Jameis if he keeps it up? Who knows? Yeah. But, I mean, you have a new look everywhere. You yeah, to your, to your point, um, I think Reich also went on to make a comment about getting the leaders to step up and, and to show some leadership in yes. the locker room because you're going to, ha- again, at 0-4, you're going to have to rally together at some point. Now, you mentioned that the Panther schedule – there's you, you mentioned it being having some easy games ahead. At least the next two games aren't that easy. They're at the Lions this weekend and at the Dolphins next weekend. Now I know the Dolphins are coming off of a really bad loss at Buffalo, but yes. the week prior the Dolphins dropped 70 points on the Denver Broncos. That might not be as 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 remarkable at this point, considering that the Bears were able to put up 30 some odd points on on the Broncos defense. Uh, however. Exactly. The Dolphins, the Dolphins are a very good football team. With, they are. with or without a 70-point game, they're a very good football team. Uh, you've got the Lions, the Dolphins before the bye, and then you get the matchup between uh, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young uh, up the following week. And then you get to see Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson as the Panthers host the Colts. Um, obviously, you've got some, some easier games on the schedule. You're at the Bears. Uh, but then you get the Cowboys, who, out despite their their loss to Arizona, are another very good football team in the NFC. You're at the Titans, who somehow just beat up on Cincinnati, but we don't know what Cincinnati is this year. Um, right. You're at you're at the Buck. You get two games against the Bucks to finish the year. You're at the Saints, who have already beaten you at home, uh, and and the Falcons, who have already beat you this year. 
Um, and then you look at the other teams, the Packers and the Jags, who, again, we don't really know who they are quite yet. Uh, Jordan Love for the Packers looking better than I expected them to. Yes. But, I mean, you look at the schedule. You get Lions, Dolphins before the bye, Texans, Colts, at Bears. Where do, if you give if you had to make a make a guess, where do you think their first win comes? I think that Chicago is probably going to be the one that does it for the Panthers. I hope it's sooner. I really hope it's sooner, but I really don't see that Bears squad beating the Panthers, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Chicago, I think Justin Fields might have been a product of a great receiving core at Ohio State. I think that's what he is. I mean, Chicago has really, really tried to give it to Justin Fields, and they've tried to do it. And with a NFC, with the NFC North that doesn't have Aaron Rodgers in it, which I hate what happened to him. That that's unfortunate what happened to him. I hate that. But that NFC North was a wide open is a wide open conference, but it looks like Detroit might take it. Minnesota was the one that actually was supposed to be the favorite in the NFC North, but it didn't happen. It's looking like Detroit will more than likely take it from them and good enough for them because Detroit's had to really scratch and claw for that. But um, the bears have pretty much looked like they've been the bottom feeder and it's very, very hard to, not look at that game and not think that Carolina could easily walk away with it. So the crazy thing about that is if, if the Bears is their first win on the year, that Bears game puts them at 1-8 and eight on the season. They would be 0-8 going into that game. I don't see them beating the Cowboys the following week. At this rate, I don't see them beating the Titans. I mean, is is a four-win season? Because you got to think they might be able to take one of the games from the Bucks. We don't know what the Jags are going to be late in the season. And then mm-hmm. the same thing with the Packers. We don't know if the Packers are going to come, you know, fall from from the the perch that they're on with with Jordan Love, albeit their their most recent loss to the Lions. Um, is it out of the realm of possibilities for the Panthers to fish, finish the year with three or four wins? I don't think so. I don't think. I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm. I mean, because you know this team came in with a lot of hype in the mm. beginning, like you know with the way that they were making offseason moves. And, you know, the 0-4 is kind of daunting after all the talk from this year. Mm-hmm. And that's always say you play the games on the field and not on paper. Yeah. And the thing about it is, though, I would I would hope that maybe they might steal it from Detroit or they might steal it from Miami. I mean, albeit Miami looks like a very sexy team right now, especially on the offensive end. Um. The way that I look at it, though, I think that that may be the possibility, but I really, really hope I'm wrong. I really have love for my home team. I am a 49ers fan, of course, but watching the home team is something that I do more than I do with my 49ers because I get the games on TV. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I watch the Panthers, and I make sure to see the Panthers as, uh, while they're playing, and I want them to win. I want to see the wins come in, but, you know, with a squad this young and with new pieces, a new coach, a new coaching staff, you know, you got to build with drafts. You know, free agency is wonderful, but drafts are something that you got to build with. And I think that's that might be the mind frame that the Panthers may be having, especially with the, the fluid draft that they could be having in another couple of years. But Frank Wright did say they were built to win now. So yeah. you're going to have to uphold yourself. And Detroit, 
although Detroit was a laughing stock at one point in time, Detroit is starting to get it together. Once again, a team that was in Carolina's position at one point in time is mm-hmm. now starting to get it. And look where they are. Yep. We're going to get to Detroit in just a second. I do want to mention uh, the most unfortunate part about drafting is that right now, as it stands, thanks to the trade in order to acquire Bryce Young in the draft, currently the Chicago Bears have both the number one and the number two draft draft picks in this coming year's NFL draft, as well as if if the the Panthers do continue on this path and finish with three or four uh, wins, there's a high likelihood that the Bears could retain the one in the number one and the number two draft pick going forward. Um, we're up against it. Let's talk real quick. You mentioned uh, you you think that you, you'd like to see the Lions uh, steal one here against the Panthers. Sunday, one o'clock kickoff. The Lions, I can't believe I'm saying this, are a nine and a half point favorite at home against the Carolina Panthers. I'm not going to ask if you think they're going to win because I personally don't think the Carolina Panthers win this game. Now, granted, their defense, if they can shut down Kirk Cousins, I think they can they can sort of control. I wouldn't say control the game, but I think they can limit what Jared Goff does with this offense. Now they get Jamison Williams back uh, this week from a, from a suspension that was lifted thanks to the new gambling uh, rules in the NFL. David Montgomery, when healthy, has looked like an amazing running back for this for this Detroit Lions team, and we still haven't seen the full extent of what Jameer Gibbs can do. And Amon Ross St. Brown is basically this year the, the new Cooper Cup. Or, or last year's Puka Nakua, if you will. So the Lions are very explosive on offense, um, but their defense has been porous at times this year. Three and one on the season uh, with their only loss coming in overtime against Seattle. Uh, so I'm not going to ask if you think Carolina Panthers wins this game. I want to know if you think if Carolina covers this nine and a half point spread. I want to say no. I, I don't like saying that because i mean i really thought that detroit would probably win the nfc north mm-hmm. this year i didn't i don't trust minnesota never trusted minnesota chicago i knew what they were from the beginning mm-hmm. but green bay once again there's uh is jordan love going to be what he is but he's out there balling he's playing but i think that detroit right now is on a mission and i hate to say that and i mean that's weird I don't hate to say it, but it's just weird. It's weird saying, oh, Detroit's on the mission. Are, are you sure about that? You're talking yeah. about the Pistons, right? You're talking about the Pistons. <laughs> the Pistons. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's hilarious. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. It's weird to say. It really is. It's very weird to say, but I really think they're on a mission. They see that they can win the NFC North, and the NFC North uh, uh, crown is tangible to them. And – I think that they're going to be on a mission. I think that they win this game decisively. I hope I'm wrong once again. Once again, I hope I'm wrong. But I think they win it decisively. I'm right there with you. I just want to to see – if I'm a Panthers fan, I want to see Bryce Young execute the offense and and, and score points. If if the offense is not going to execute and finish drives with points, then the Panthers are probably going to finish the year with, with three or four wins. Um, and and without having a first-round draft pick, uh, a very long offseason uh, for the yes. Carolina Panthers. Uh, Shannon Smith, I want to thank you for being on the show this week. This has been a fantastic conversation, and I hope to have you on the show uh, later on. Thanks for being here, bud. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, folks, if you want to find me on social media, you know I, I do my own show, Tap Outs and Touchdowns, Pro Wrestling Mondays, uh, Football Wednesdays, at Tap Outs and TDs 
on Twitter, facebook.com slash tapouts and touchdowns. Banker Bill and I will be live uh, this week talking more uh, all things football. College football had a pretty fun weekend. Uh, the NFL's got some fun stuff coming up, so make sure you check us out there. But until then, feel free to exit the cat game until next week. But listen to more content on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and more Carolina-centric podcasts on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. For Shannon Smith, I'm Ryan Frick, and we'll see you next week right back here in the Cat Cave.